Okay, and we're live. Welcome to the Umoja Outreach Foundation's You Mentor Talk Show. We're glad to be back on air after wrapping up our annual Umoja Games with the largest turnout and most competitive games to date. We'd like to thank all participants, sponsors, coaches, and volunteers who helped out. On the horizon, we have the registration for the Umoja, I mean, Umoja Fall Soccer Academy in your local cities. Visit the Academy website at umojaoutreach.org slash academy for more details. This afternoon's show is sponsored in memory of Ahmad Ali Khalfan. Please take a second to recite Surah Al-Fatiha for him. Well, we're excited to have two really phenomenal speakers today for today's show who just happen to be siblings. Our first guest is a pediatric nurse and lactation counselor, Zainab Kalfan, who shows it's okay not to know exactly what your future career will be. And later, we'll be speaking to Arif Sunasra, a pharmacist whose career shows that there really is more than one path you can take with any job that you choose. Zainab, assalamu alaikum. Alaikum salam. How are you today? I'm doing well, thanks. How about you? Good. Um, can you start off by telling us how you chose your career? Sure. So um, basically, my story is um, I started off as a different major. I was a physician assistant major. Um, I was about two and a half years in and decided that it wasn't for me. So I wanted to switch majors. Um, and I wasn't really sure what I wanted to do. And, you know, based on all the science classes I had, nursing was the the next step. So um, it kind of chose me in a way. Mm -hmm. And was there anyone who inspired you and told you, you know, choose this? Um, so definitely my parents were my biggest cheerleaders. Um, they guided me as I was trying to figure out what I should do. Um, and in the very beginning, they told me, you know, either be a pharmacist like your brother or you can go into nursing. Um, and I didn't really know what a nurse did, but uh, it ended up they were right. And I did end up going into nursing. So it was mostly my parents who uh, pushed, helped me along the way. And when you first, when you got into nursing, did you know right away that this is what you wanted to do or did it take some time? Um, it definitely took some time. Um, nursing school is very geriatric based. Um, so going in, I knew I wanted to work with children, but going in, working with the geriatric population, I knew that wasn't for me. But once I got into the pediatric and OB rotation, I knew that that's probably where my niche was. Mm -hmm. And what's the coolest experience you've had so far? Um, well, your chosen I really, sure. I really um, enjoy taking care of babies. That's my passion. So when working in the hospital, I had many opportunities to float to the NICU, um, which was a little bit out of my comfort zone, but just learning the different uh, methods of doing things in the NICU was really cool uh, because it's not something I probably would have had the opportunity to do because I chose just pediatrics. So mm -hmm. working in the NICU was pretty awesome. Um, and can you take us back a bit? So when you first uh, applied, what were the steps that you took in order to, you know, get into your program to continue, mm -hmm. get to the job that you're in? 
So um, having a strong science background is probably very important. So even through high school, having a strong science background, enjoying the science classes is really important. Um, and even just going into any medical field, whether it was physician assistant or nursing, um, just going in knowing that you will be enjoying and having a lot of science classes. So that was probably the main thing. Um, and then just going through the nursing course, um, very com finding a competitive course is probably your best bet so that finding a job will make it um, it'll be a little bit easier to find a job if you're in a competitive nursing program. Mm -hmm. And when you're in that competitive nursing program, does it make it harder for you to, you know, get to because nursing does demand that sort of uh, perfection, right? Does it make does it put a daunting sort of feel on your career? It does. It does. Nursing school does teach you a lot of perfection. Um, but once you get into the field, you learn where the perfection is needed and where things don't have to be as perfect. You learn as you go with the experience that you gain. Uh, but learning that perfection in nursing school is a great foundation to go into your nursing career. Mm -hmm. Can you describe a day in your life in, in your job? Sure. So working at the hospital, um, the first thing you really do is getting your shift report from the previous nurse who took care of your patients. Mm -hmm. You go in and they give you uh, a systems breakdown. So, um, you know, cardiac wise, neurologically, skin, the whole head to toe assessment of how the patient is doing. Um, and then once you get your report, typically you have um, four or five patients, depending on where you're working. You do your assessments on your patients, and in nursing, it is said if you don't document it, you didn't do it. So after assessing, you do have to document anything and everything that you do, which is probably, in my opinion, the worst part about the job, having to document. Mm -hmm. um, but, um, you know, once you check all your orders, you go through past medications. Um, if there's a child who needs dressing changes, you would take care of mm -hmm. that, rounding with the physicians. And you do assessments every four hours. So you're assessing and documenting every four hours on the kiddos. Mm. Uh, that's so great. Um, and so when you first started your career, how long did you start in the hospital for? How long did you spend there? Um, I was in the hospital for approximately nine or 10 years. And then after that, what did you go into? Um, I ended up going into a pediatric office setting. Mm -hmm. And was there anything that affected that decision for you to transition from the hospital to that pediatric setting? Yes, uh, definitely having kids was a major factor. Um, in the hospitals, nurses typically work 12-hour shifts. Mm -hmm. And for me personally, working those 12-hour shifts, I didn't see my children most of those days. Um, and it was really burning me out. So I decided to switch to the outpatient setting where you have more regular hours, regular days, um, no working night shifts. So that was the biggest factor. And this didn't affect your career anyway, because you had been there for so long. If it's someone who's transitioning um, at an early stage, what advice would you give them? So working in a hospital, I think, is great because it really builds your foundation for skill. Um, you get a lot of hands-on skill. You get a lot of people skills. So 
moving forward to an office setting, if there's emergencies or dressings that need to be changed, you have that experience going in. So I think getting a really good foundation, you know, doesn't have to be 10 years like I did, but just knowing when you have that solid foundation of nursing skills before you transition out of the hospital. Mm-hmm. And was there any lessons you learned or any things that you would do differently if you were to, you know, repeat your whole entire career path? Um, not really. I mean, maybe just working in the NICU as infants are my area of passion. Um, and the NICU is specialized in infants. Mm-hmm. So that would probably be my only change. And if you could give one message to inspire the next generation, what would you tell them? For me, I didn't know what I wanted to do when I turned 18. And I just want everyone to know that it's okay if you don't want to know, if you don't know what you want to do at 18, once you graduate high school, what you want to do for the rest of your life. Um, So just gaining those experiences early on shadowing, talking to people, you know, using this mentor platform um, in order to gain knowledge on different professions so you can have a little bit of a um, base knowledge on what you might be interested in. And how would people go about that? What things should they pick up on? Um, just early on interests in what, um, you know, in high school uh, subjects, Um, what they're excelling in, what they're not excelling in, so they know what they probably don't want to go into, and just reaching out to maybe people in the community um, who might be professionals um, and just gaining those experiences again early on. Mm -hmm. What did you take um, and that helped you get to your career in nursing? What kind of subjects in high school? Um, Probably anatomy and physiology was a big one some chemistry, but it's not, nursing isn't very chemistry focused. Um, I did not excel in chemistry, but Mm -hmm. anatomy and physiology, biology, um, even the language, I feel I took Spanish for many years and I I feel like that helped me also. Mm, That's interesting. How did it help? Um, I've been able to, in the hospital setting, communicate with patients um, who only spoke Spanish. Uh, I'm not saying I'm fluent, but, you know, get my point across, see if they're in pain, if they need any water, have to use the bathroom, that kind of stuff. So basic needs. Mm -hmm. Um, Sometimes what I hear is that, you know, a nurse's job is underrated. What do you say to that? Uh, 100% agree, Um, especially in the hospital setting, people don't realize we are becoming the family of a patient, they're putting they're putting their full trust into a stranger coming to their bedside and caring for them for 12 hours a day, sometimes three days in a row. So um, especially in the pediatric setting, these parents are trusting us to be sometimes second parents when the parent can't be at the bedside. So we are the uh, last line of defense between the patients and medications. We are their advocates to speak for them when they can't speak for themselves. When we see, um, you know, a status change, we're the first people to be able to get the doctor. So, um, you know, I, a lot of people I don't think understand the importance of, of a nurse, but I've definitely learned that in my, in my years here. So being in those kinds of, you know, life and death situations sometimes, does it take a toll on your life? Does it make you, um, like, how do you separate your work life from home? That's definitely difficult. Um, there have been many times that I've come home and, 
um, thinking, did I assess this? Did I chart that? You know, did I give this right medication dose? Because Mm -hmm. you're continually, you know, passing medications, making sure the dosing is correct. So it's really important to know that you're giving your best at work. And when you come home, just trying to focus on your family, if you have one or yourself and doing your self care. So you have to trust yourself because you are yourself's biggest critic, as they say, right? 100%. Yes. Mm -hmm. Um, And what was the most impactful thing that you've seen in your during your career? Definitely teamwork. Uh, Nursing is basically a ginormous team. Um, Working with a bunch of nurses on the floor, you have to have each other's backs in emergent situations, whether you feel like you're drowning with your assignment. So really just seeing how everyone pulls together in times of need, whether it's being short-staffed, needing to page the doctors, again, in a code situation. So working alongside my colleagues and seeing how everyone works so well together has been um, really wonderful and impactful in my life. When you're in school, um, everyone is sort of against each other because it's so competitive, right? But then when you get to the hospital, it seems that everyone comes together. So what was that dynamic change for you? For me in school, it wasn't as competitive. Um, I just knew I had to try my best. And, Mm -hmm. you know, if that was going to be good enough, I would get through. Um, So for me, I didn't feel like as much of a transition. It was really nice having some of the more experienced nurses take me under their wings, which Mm -hmm. doesn't really happen in school too much. But once you get to the work setting, they want to teach you everything that they know and teach you the right way and teach you to be compassionate and empathetic. So Mm -hmm. um, I just I think the the experience of the elder nurses and the more experienced nurses taking under the wing was the the biggest change. Okay, and if you were trying to you know, give advice to someone on how to reach where you are in your career, what are the exact steps that they should take? So there's many different types of nursing programs out there. There's the associate's degree, there's the plain RN, there's an LPN. And the, I think one of the most popular is the BSN, which is the bachelor's of nursing, which is what I have. I think starting, um, You can always start small, but it's always good to go back and get your BSN. There's lots of um, open doors for BSNs that I don't think would necessarily be open for the associate's degree nurses or the certificate nurses, Um, especially if if they're thinking about going into management. A lot of the hospitals are requiring uh, nurses to have their RN degrees. So I think just starting off at the BSN right off the get-go would probably be the best advice I would give. And then what steps did you take to land that first job interview? Um, Honestly, I was very lucky when I graduated in 2007. Nursing was, it's always in high demand, but at that point in time, it was extremely in high demand. So I was lucky enough to just apply to jobs. Um, I applied to jobs in Allentown where I was living and um, an hour away. And I was lucky enough to apply. excuse me, get the interview that was um, an hour away in Hershey. Mm -hmm. And um, I was lucky enough to get the job before I graduated. Does the area that you live in affect what kind of job you're able to get? Not necessarily. I would say um, pretty much anywhere you live, there will be that specialty 
whether it's pediatrics, geriatrics, oncology, burn, um, any area you go in really will have that um, specialty that you need. How did you become a lactation uh, counselor? How did you get into that? Um, so that's not something I ever thought I would be interested or even do. But when I was transitioning out of the hospital into the office setting during the interview, they asked if I would be interested in becoming the lactation counselor for the office because they had just lost theirs. Um, and of course, I said yes, because I thought it would help me get the job, which it did. So <laughs> of course. That also <laughs> fell into my lap, too. <laughs> and um so when you started doing it, did you instantly like it or was it something that you just had to let grow? Um, I did like it. I've been fortunate enough to have two children where I had the experience with nursing. Mm -hmm. So to gain that knowledge and experience to help somebody else uh, was very rewarding. So I, I did like it. I, I enjoy learning new things. And I think it was part of that, my personality that was able to help me just change and kind of learn new things and like it and is there like a course that you have to take or is it training sessions or what exactly yeah. makes you into sure so there is a course you have to take the one I mm -hmm. took was a in-person five-day 40-hour course um, and then you have to pass an exam okay and then after that you become certified counselor Correct. And then you have to maintain okay. your um, education hours every three years and take another test. Mm -hmm. Okay. And now delving into Islam a bit. So mm -hmm. how has Islam affected uh, either positively or negatively the way that you carry yourself in your career? So it's definitely been positive. Um, you know, I've been lucky enough. I do wear hijab. So mm -hmm. luckily living where I live, I've never felt discriminated against when looking for a job specifically. Um, you know, I always talk about my values and how being Muslim is has made me a well-rounded person when it comes to dealing with other individuals. So the compassion, the empathy that we learn in Islam has, I feel, made me become a better person and a better nurse because that's what it teaches, caring for others um, and just, you know, getting sawab in that aspect and just mm -hmm. talking to you know, my bosses or the physicians I work with and explaining and learning um, or having them learn what it means to be culturally sensitive and what Islam's values are and, you know, teaching them not to shake Muslim women's hands and prayer mm -hmm. times. And it's been um, extremely positive, alhamdulillah. Has it ever been like an awkward conversation that you've had to have? Um, it depends on who I've been speaking to. So, you know, a lot of people are... Um, curious about wearing hijab and I don't think uh, it's awkward on my end but sometimes you can tell by their facial expressions that maybe they're not quite understanding or agreeing mm -hmm. but they've always been respectful about what I'm saying okay um, and do you so you mentioned sort of um, informing people how important is it to always be open and inform people do you feel like they should already know or you it's sort of your responsibility to allow them that chance to learn. I definitely think it's our responsibility to be open and allowing them to learn, ask questions. Um, in the end, if you're going to be a closed off person, it's only hurting you because then you're allowing people to assume 
what they know is true rather than being open and answering those questions or not even waiting for the questions, just talking about, you know, if I'm fasting at work, just talking about Ramzan openly, or if I have to go pray, um, just talking about it. So I, and people have been very receptive to me saying, Hey, listen, I'm an open book. Ask me anything you want to know. I'd rather the information come from me rather than you either assuming, you know, what the correct answer is or trying to Google and understand. Mm -hmm. And is it like, is there always that sort of space, an open space for you to go and do your prayers, go and, you know, follow your religion, take breaks for things like Ashura, um, Eid, anything? Yes. Again, I've been, alhamdulillah, very fortunate to be able to be open with my uh, bosses, my managers saying, listen, you know, this is the time I pray. And uh, mm-hmm. they've even offered me their offices. Hey, listen, if you need a, a That's clean so great. place to pray. Yeah. And just even in Ramadan, if I was working night shift, they would give me a quick break to eat, open my fast and eat my dinner. So um, again, if you're open about who you are and what your values are, I think people w- will respect that more and mm-hmm. accommodate you. So it's always important to not let yourself get nervous um, when bringing these subjects up and just be upfront and, you know, right? Yes, definitely. Mm-hmm. Be open about who you are. Don't be ashamed of it. Be proud um, mm-hmm. and let that, uh, you know, shape how, for example, interviews and conversations go. Just being yourself and letting them get to know who you are and why you'd be an asset, for example, in a job is very important. Was there anything that you said in your interview that sort of, you know, explained why you'd be an asset? Definitely. So they they actually came out and asked me, um, they basically asked me, why do you think we should hire you? Why would you be an asset? And I explained to them, I'm, you know, an American born Muslim woman. I wear hijab, I speak some Spanish, um, and I feel like I can give culturally sensitive care. I can teach you guys about culture, and I can get along with people and talk to people from many different walks of life because Mm -hmm. I can understand where many different people are coming from. And um, I think that, you know, was really helpful as far as them understanding who I was as a person. Mm -hmm. And, 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 sorry, and in any given career, they want different people they want different perspectives right correct okay um can you tell us a bit about balancing your life as a mother and a nurse sure so sometimes they say nurses are uh we have our blinders on when we're mothers um so it's just important uh balancing has been uh, a big part of being a mom just remembering when i leave work i have to leave work at work and when i come home just trying to make sure I'm giving enough time to my children, um, whether it's after dinner, playing a board game, um, you know, putting them to bed, getting them on the bus. um, But on the flip side, making sure I'm making time for myself so that I'm not burning out so I can excel in both motherhood and nursing. Mm -hmm. So you can do it all, but you just have to really know how to, (laughs) (laughs) you know. Well, family support is a huge part of how of I can do what I do. So, yeah. um, you know, having a very supportive family as I do um, has definitely been how I, I've excelled. I'm not saying I'm the best mother at all by any means or the best nurse, but in order to try to balance, um, that's kind of what I try to do. I mean, there's always compromise, right? And family definitely. has to be upfront. So, definitely. Um, so, can you tell me what kind of advice you'd give to um, yourself, you know, 
before you came into this career? What, what do you wish someone would have told you? Um, for me, it's graduating high school. It's okay if you don't know what you want to do with the rest of your life. You know, take some gen eds at a community college. It's okay. You know, learn to know what you like because technically you are picking a career maybe that you're going to have for the rest of your life. So not knowing what you want to do at 18 is okay. So have an open mind, do some research on your own, listen to your fellow, you know, siblings, parents, um, you know, they're going to be looking out for you. So um, just, you know, saying it's okay to kind of research and figure out what you want to do for the rest of your life. And in terms of people trying to approach um, very successful uh, people like yourself in the appropriate fields. What 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 would you say to them if they're a little nervous to do that? Um, I think the biggest thing is don't be nervous. You know, most people in areas of success want to share their secrets or their um, experiences. So. You know, if you need to send them a Facebook message or an Instagram message or go through this you mentor program, it's OK to open that doorway of communication. And, you know, if you get shot down, then that wasn't the right person for you to talk to. But don't be shy about approaching someone um, and just asking a few questions. And, you know, most people are very open to talk about their life experiences and hopefully help somebody else. OK, and what are the top three skills you feel that have allowed you to succeed in this field? So empathy, compassion, and good hands-on skills, I guess. <laughs> Can you tell me a bit more as to why those helped? So compassion and empathy go hand in hand when you're dealing with um, a family or a patient you want to make sure that they feel comfortable, um, you know, speaking to you. If, if anyone can think of a family member, yourself being in a hospital, that attitude of the nurse coming in the next shift kind of can make or break your day. So you want to make sure that that patient is going to feel comfortable with you and that you're able to understand what they're going through and show them that empathy and compassion so that you can better take care of them. Okay, well, thank you so much, Sina. Do you have any last things that you want to say to any of the youth out there listening? Um, so obviously, I'm an open book. So if you have <laughs> questions, I'm very open to you guys reaching out to me. If you have any questions, I will do my best ability to help. Um, and again, don't be shy to research and reach out to anybody to talk to them if it's if there's a profession you're interested in and just persevere. Thank you so much for your time. It was lovely speaking to you and hearing your story. Thank you and you. That was Zainab Kalfan, a pediatric nurse and a lactation counselor. If you're joining us right now, you're in the You Mentor Talk Show, which is brought to you on behalf of the Umoja Outreach and in memory of Ahmad Ali Khalfan. Now we'll be speaking to Arif Sunasra, a pharmacist um, who I will let tell you about his career. Arif, assalamu alaikum. Alaikum salam. How are you today? Oh, not bad. How about yourself? I'm good. So we just spoke to your sister about her career, and we're excited to get into your career. Can you tell us a bit about how you got into your position? Yeah, so after pharmacy school, um, so currently I'll step, go back a little bit. My current position right now is a medical director at a pharmaceutical company mm -hmm. where I support a, a product um, 
in the medical affairs group. And the path I took to get here was a, a little bit different than the typical pharmacist. Mm-hmm. Um, after graduating pharmacy school, um, I, as most of my peers and classmates, we, we all went into either hospital setting or, or retail pharmacy setting. In the States, we have um, pharmacies like CVS and, and Walgreens. And I did that as a technician through co- through college and then um, got my license and started working at a CVS. But for some reason, I just felt that that setting wasn't for me. I wanted to try something different. Um, and one of the options, one of the uh, one of the one of the areas I got exposed to during pharmacy school was uh, a pharmaceutical company uh, as part of my rotations, which is one of the uh, part of the curricula that you, you must take. And I was I was fortunate enough to get a rotation, which is a five week experience at different settings. And this one was in a pharmaceutical company. I did like that. So I went to a job fair um, mm-hmm. right after I graduated and, and just started, uh, went to a job fair that focused on pharmaceutical companies. And I kind of just gave my resume out to see what, what was available. And a few weeks later, I got a phone call from a pharmaceutical company saying, hey, we need some recent pharmacy grads that are looking, we're looking to develop a a medical database on our new product that just got um, approved. And we need some people who have some medical writing experience, which was what I did at the, um, in my rotation. So I took that opportunity, wanted to try something different. It wasn't practicing pharmacy. I did it on the side, but um, it kind of opened my eyes a little bit. And from there, I did different jobs uh, between then and where I started now, which is about four years ago. Mm -hmm. Um, and then I guess we could get into that. Yeah, you can tell us about that right now. Okay. So, yeah. So then I did the pharmaceutical. It was a contract position. I was able to get some experience in the pharmaceutical industry. It was, I think, six months to eight months. Got um, got some experience. That really helped open up some doors of opportunity. And I went from there and I went to another pharmaceutical company uh, where I got a permanent position doing a similar type of job in terms of the medical information department. So as a pharmacist, I was able to join a medical information department. There was many other pharmacists working there doing similar things where we would write medical information letters. We would research um, research topics about specific products we supported. For example, you know, what are the interactions with um, uh, what are the interactions with um, a cholesterol medication and uh, drinking grapefruit juice, for example, or what is the, you know, when do you have to stop taking a medication if you're going for surgery that are related to our product? And we'd have to research that and develop um, a medical letter database to answer those questions for physicians and patients that have questions about it. I, I did that for about uh, two and a half years, but my commute living in um, in Allentown, Pennsylvania to drive to North Jersey was, uh, wasn't bad initially, but then it started putting a toll in terms of uh, impact on quality of life. I didn't see myself moving to the greater New Jersey area, so I decided to look for something closer to home. And there I got exposed to and I got a job in a, a medical education agency. So that's a little bit different than a pharmaceutical company, but it was more of a, I guess you could say vendor. When you hear about ad ad agencies or advertising companies, this was similar to that where um, you would work for projects um, for pharmaceutical companies. And what would you do in my, in my position at that point was more medical writing, doing medical education projects for that client at that time were different pharmaceutical companies. Um, and it wasn't because I was a pharmacist per se, but they hired anybody with um, an advanced science degree with medical writing experience. So at that time, I worked with other people who had uh, different master's degrees in sciences, PhDs, and, and there was one or two PharmDs. Um, and did that for about eight years, kind of rose up the ranks, did, did different things, was able to 
um, get involved in product strategy, um, get involved in more content specific areas. And then from there, I went to a managed care agency. Again, similar in the fact that the we, I worked for a company where we would support pharmaceutical companies, but the, the topic or area was different. It was managed care, managed care being um, and health insurance, um, payers, uh, the pharmacy benefits managers working in that area, that realm where um, in the States we have uh, these private insurance companies and we have the pharmacy benefits and how that all impacts the pharmaceutical company. So it was great to get that unique experience. And over there, there was a lot of different pharmacists working because they all worked in the managed care or insurance, um, pharmacy insurance areas. But however, I still want, had an interest and wanted to go back to the pharmaceutical company. Uh, at, at first, I didn't know what I wanted to do exactly. I, I wasn't sure if medical information was, if I wanted to go back to that. Uh, so I started researching, asking questions, talking to a lot of my uh, my network, um, speaking to my fellow co- um, classmates from pharmacy school, speaking to some of the um, contacts I made throughout the years in pharma and pharmaceutical companies. Um, and I landed on, I think the best fit for me was medical affairs, meaning I would work at a company in the medical affairs group um, because there's also field medical where you would work out of your house and cover an area. But for me, I felt like I wanted to work in an office setting. Um, and then four years ago, I was able to interview. I leveraged some, you know, part of my network to get the job uh, interview. Uh, and and at, at that time, it was more about uh, timing, I feel. You know, I, got, I was able to uh, get an interview. Um, they, they needed some uh, people in the, in, the, in the department that I'm in right now. Um, I was able to leverage part of my network. I was able to get, uh, you know, get, a, get my resume, resume in front of the hiring manager, um, mm-hmm. went through the interview process, and then four, year four years later, here I am. That's great. Uh-huh. Um, so what I can get from that is that you started off at a pharma- pharmaceutical company, um, went to working for a vendor, then a managed care agency, and then now you're in an office setting as a medical in medical affairs, correct? Correct. And what's interesting just is to that break for, it down. Yeah, and I, you're right. Just the one of the when I got the permanent position in medical information, that was at Pfizer, and then I just came back to Pfizer again. So it's a nice full circle. Okay, that's great. And what's the difference between the job you did as a vendor and the job you did now um, in medical affairs? Yeah, so working as a vendor, it's you know you're on the um, on the beck and call of your uh, client, which is a pharmaceutical company, always needing information right away. So the sense of urgency is very high. It's very demanding. Um, you're involved. You 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 might be involved in certain pieces of a project. So say you know you might need to write some, you know write uh, read this article and write something specific as it relates to your your client's product. Whereas now I manage different projects. I'm involved in multiple different things. Uh, in terms of as it relates to our product. So it might be, you know, work, working with um, different patient organizations on sponsoring different things as it relates to supporting the the therapeutic area. Or it might be working, one of the interesting things, and it's I think it's um, it was a, a coincidence that my, my sister was also on previously, is I'm doing a lot of things with nurse practitioners and physician assistants as it relates to education um, in terms of the therapeutic area I work in. Mm-hmm. Um, we're developing content, medical content for our field medical, um, and, and also educating a lot of the um, physicians on our product. So it, it's a lot of different things. Um, I get both the nice balance of medical as well as um, strategy and that business element, which I really enjoy. And I think it's a nice combination of both. 
Now, you spoke a bit about medical writing. What's so interesting is that in these kinds of careers, um, people don't always have to be the best writers. So that was sort of like a boost for you, right? Yeah, I think um, what was nice is I think when I first was in college, I didn't know about these different, actually, the, all the settings I was in after college, I didn't know about going into college. To my um, my interest was in pharmacy. Uh, my interest was in, you know, getting a scientific degree, but I didn't realize that all these different options were available. Medical writing, to your question, uh, medical writing was more about, you know, being able to have, you know, a lot of companies hire medical writers who have a science degree or some kind of advanced science degree. So they're looking mm -hmm. for someone who can understand the clinical data and are they able to then digest it and then um, write it into something that's um, understandable to perhaps the lay, uh, lay audience or mm -hmm. someone with a medical audience, depending. If the client is in a marketing side, then you want something that has that promotional spin to it. If it's uh, someone on the medical side or medical education, you still want it, but you want to make sure their key points resonate out of what you're writing. And I think okay. that helped get me getting that medical writing experience and then being able to... Um, review digest and then output um what's mm -hmm. what's being talked about which is such an important skill to have if you're interacting with different people correct yeah i think so i think a part of it is and i'm sure we'll get into it is you know the yeah. skill of communication i think is really important for this setting and all settings um and i think being able to understand what you're reading and able to digest it will help in a lot of medical um, discussions or communications that you have with yourself and your peers and, and the audience that you're targeting. Mm -hmm. Now, taking you back to high school, um, yep. what was the most transformative thing someone said to you that sort of led you into this career? Yeah, I don't know if it was trans, it wasn't, I don't know if it was someone, something that someone said, but it was mm -hmm. maybe something that what I saw, I want to say it was either end of middle school or beginning of high school. Um, I took an assessment, um, I don't know if it was a test or whatever. And it, um, it kind of the results were, you know, from a career perspective, you might want to consider something in the sciences. And one of the matches was, you know, an eye doctor. And, and so, I, I mean, I was always had interest in science, um, similar to what Zaina was saying earlier about anatomy, physiology. These these courses were very interesting in biology. Um, so I, I wanted to, I always had an interest to go in science, something to do with, um, I always wanted to pursue something in medical. So I think that initial um, career um, assessment, I guess you could say, helped open up my eyes a little bit. Again, it wasn't the end all be all. And I kind of, you know, I always I pursued initially eye doctor, but then I ended up coming to the pharmacy path. Interesting. Um, and can you tell us a bit about a cool experience that your profession has given you the opportunity to explore? Yeah. Um, so coming back to recently, um, the product I work on is for um, supports or um, treats rheumatology um, conditions as well as gastrointestinal um, conditions. And one of the, we work very closely with our um, marketing team to de develop content, different things, you know, promotional content, medical content. Um, and we you know we work with, you know, we sit with lawyers, medical, regulatory, and commercial to develop these pieces to make sure everything's balanced and appropriate. So one of the, one of the really cool opportunities was I was able to go on site for an, um, an advertisement shoot. I was able to go and uh, work with the team, overall team, uh, with the advertising company, with actors to film a commercial 
uh, that supported the product. But the reason they wanted someone from medical was there was, you know, there'll be um, the actors, the actors are portraying someone that has this disease or condition and to make sure that they're able to do certain things. So if one of the scenes was like a birthday party, is the actress able to, the way they're holding the birthday cake for the child, would that put too much strain on the joints, for example? So it was mm -hmm. cool that, um, you know, they're taking someone's shots, they're taking, you know, the, you hear the producer saying action and then stop. And then you, you know, they say, okay, is that shot okay? So just being on site and having that experience to be film whole, uh, commercial and then see it in fruition, meaning coming through, making the cuts, being able to do all the voiceovers and then uh, seeing the actual product on air on TV was a pretty cool experience. This sounds really cool. How did you get to get into that? Well, I think uh, what's nice is when you work in medical affairs in a pharmaceutical company, um, our, our team is about four or five of us. Um, there's always someone in the, in the medical team that has to sit on a, a review committee. Um, some companies call it medical, legal, regulatory. Some people call some places call it review committee where anything that's cons considered promotional has to be reviewed by marketing, medical, legal, and a regulatory representative. Um, and at that time, I was on that team that had to review some of these pieces. And, uh, and the one of the projects was um, uh, a commercial. And they, these commercials come through often through, through the respective review. You know, every six months, the com commercial or marketing team is looking for a different way to refresh what they're putting out there. So it was um, part of it was timing, and uh, I was in the right place at the right time. It's Sounds really amazing. Like it's a great opportunity and you travel a lot in that, right? Yeah, I think I traveled more on the agency side. I think mm -hmm. when I was on the agency side, it was a lot more international travel and that was solely based because our client, uh, a larger client was a pharmaceutical company where their product was more marketed in, um, in Europe. So okay. I was able to go to a lot of meetings in Europe and go to conferences. Um, now it, the team I'm currently on is, focused on uh, US. So a lot of my travels um, in uh, North America. So but it's not as much as before, which is nice, because it adds, uh, helps me with my work life balance. Mm -hmm. And can you talk about that a bit? I was just going to ask you, um, how do you balance your work in life? Yeah, well, I'm really fortunate. So my, our, um, the company I work for the the team I work for, they're all about work life balance. Um, what's nice is, you know, typically Fridays, they let you work from home. Um, if there's things that come up, you know, if, if kids need to go to the doctor's offices or, or something comes up, I could always just come in late or work from home. Um, our, my boss is very much family oriented. So he's always like, you know, if you're traveling and you need to, you know, do adjust your travel schedule based on family, you know, do that. So I'm very fortunate that the, the team, not only my manager, but um, the, our whole leadership of our, of our group is very, um, promote promotion promotive of um a work-life balance um and does the does the location you live in affect how what kinds of jobs you were getting yeah i think so i mean i think it helps depending on which area so i think if you want to pursue a pharmacy or your traditional pharmacy career working in either a hospital or a retail setting uh, pretty much anywhere in the u.s you'll find those types of settings however if you want to work in a pharmaceutical company or a medical education company uh, or, or vendor, it, it's different. I think for a lot of the pharmaceutical companies are either um, concentrated on the Northeast corridor. So you're um, starting from Boston has a lot of biotechs, the greater New York, New Jersey, Philadelphia areas have a lot of pharmaceutical companies. 
There are some in Chicago, and there's a lot of biotechs on the West Coast. So those are the main areas to think about if you want to do pharmaceutical. Um, like I said, um, and then managed care, they're, they're sprinkled throughout the U.S., managed care companies, but then and, and agencies or vendors, um, they're mainly on the East Coast, um, or they're, they're mainly where the pharmaceutical companies are. So they could be close by, you know, New York, New Jersey, Philadelphia, the greater Chicago area, and then the West Coast. And what kind of advice would you give to current high school or college students that could help them either make a decision or improve their chance of getting a job further on? And this is someone who's interested in pharmacy or just in general? Yes, yeah, in pharmacy and uh, later in general. Yeah, I think um, what's important, and uh, I've been kind of in the last maybe five, ten years really trying to promote it within, um, you know, the people I speak to in our community. It, I think it's um, networking and communication or asking questions is very important. So if you're in high school, for example, and you're remotely thinking about a science um, path, science career or scientific career, uh, or even pharmacy, you know, leverage your network, leverage your, start with your community, start with your parents, actually. They, mm -hmm. I think we, I think uh, maybe nowadays we may not take, we, we might take it for granted, but our parents' network, uh, my parents know a lot of people, they've been in this country for many years. Um, they might be able to put you in touch with people who are, who are in that profession as a way to even just ask questions. They might be in a setting that you may not be interested in, but at least they will provi help provide guidance. Or, in your community, you might have different pharmacists, for example, who have taken different career paths, uh, retail, hospital, um, uh, industry, uh, managed care. So there's so many different settings. Um, so leverage your networks. And then in college, um, if, if, in, if you're in uh, pharmacy school, you know, there will be times where you're, you're going to get exposed to different settings. Uh, they call them different things. I just call them rotations because when I was in pharmacy school, we had one full year of rotations where it exposed me to different settings. And if you can get a setting um, exposed or pick a setting that you might be interested in, for example, um, one of the one area that I had a rotation in was uh, at a prison where I was able to round with the doctor to evaluate patients. So it was, it was a cool thing. I, I, I didn't think I was going to get pursue that at long-term career, but just having that exposure. Mm -hmm. um, because at the end of the day, high school, college, if you want to do pharmacy and you want to get into an area, uh, especially industry, um, you're, gonna, you're going to have to do something to differentiate yourself. Everybody's going to graduate with a doctorate of pharmacy degree, also mm -hmm. known as a PharmD. But then if everybody has that, what else can you do to help differentiate yourself? You need to do something else. So it's about the skills that you can bring to the table, as Zainab was explaining earlier as well. Yeah, I think skills, um, because it's not going to be not only um, when interviewing, they're going to be able to see, okay, this is what you bring to the table. These are the experiences you had, and how you and then you need to verbalize how you can leverage those experiences into the current job you're applying for. And also the teams want to know that are you a good fit? So mm -hmm. apart from just the, um, the knowledge and experience you bring, you know, you also need to make sure from a personality perspective and how you portray yourself at an interview live is, you know, uh, the team will want to know, even though it's a short amount of time, will this person be a good fit for our team? Mm -hmm. And when you were going over what careers to choose in high school, um, why did you determine that, you know, pharmacy is the way to go? Um, you mentioned that you liked science in general, right? So how do you yeah. know that it's pharmacy versus being a doctor versus being a nurse? I mean, yeah, there's a few things I think that went into it. I think uh, we, we have a family member that worked in a pharmacy that, you know, it was every time we had discussions, he was, he knew a lot of um, information about medication. So that 
uh, piqued my interest. Um, you know, our my parents are always supportive of you know pursuing something science. They they really didn't say that you have to do this or you have to do that, but we're very supportive of um, pursuing what I liked uh, in this case. So something science related. So like I said, I initially went down the eye doctor path. Um, uh, I think part of it was I wanted to get into the medical profession or science profession. I didn't, and you know, I'll be completely transparent. I, I don't know if I wanted to stay and be in school for many years. I know mm-hmm. from a physician perspective, it's four years pre-med, four years med, and then your respective residencies for your specialty. Um, and I, I wasn't sure if I wanted to do that. Um, and what was nice, what was appealing about pharmacy was at that time, when I graduated or when I was applying, it was a five-year program with the option to add a, another year to get your doctorate. Um, and then when I started a pharmacy school in Philadelphia, um, the curricula changed and every every pharmacy school was moving towards your six-year PharmD program. And I was very fortunate because after high school, it was a six-year straight program to get your PharmD. Now they're changing it a little bit where I think a lot of students have their undergrad degree and then apply to pharmacy school. So it's, it's changed a little bit. But still, mm-hmm. you know, being able to get a doctorate degree within six years, um, you know, I found that to be fortunate and appealing. And how has Islam helped you on your road to success? Yeah, I think a, a few things. I think I, I mentioned this in some of the things, themes I wanted to bring up in our interview was about this um, networking. Um, but it's not only just networking, but if you are you as an individual whoever's listening, able to help others Mm -hmm. uh, in terms of with their profession, providing some guidance, uh, professional guidance in terms of career paths. Um, I find that rewarding where you're you're able to help others, um, but not expecting anything in return, because from a, if you look at the global level, global perspective, the almighty will will help you, you, you help others and you'll be helped if it's not in this life in the, in the hereafter. And I just think Mm -hmm. that, you know, keep that, keep me that in mind and being able to help others because, at the end of the day, if, if there are those students or high school students or people in college or even after college who need advice with career, college uh, or, or your profession, and you're something that, you know, you have something to provide to help, I, it, I think it'll just benefit, it'll benefit both parties, yourself and, and, the, and the party in question. Okay. Well, um, if you could go and talk to your your eighteen year old self again, what advice would you give him? Hmm. I think that's a good question. Um, <laughs> if I had to go back, what's something I guess, you yeah, wish you'd mean... known? Yeah, I guess. Yeah, I guess the the different career paths of a pharmacist because I, I to be honest I didn't know much uh, much of what I could do with my pharmacy degree until after I got I graduated so I thought it was only retail or hospital which are very rewarding careers some of my college roommates and, and college classmates are still doing that and they, mm-hmm. they find it rewarding um, but I wish I knew uh, about what options were available in the pharmaceutical industry earlier on. And perhaps mm-hmm. I could have guided my career path that way. Uh, whereas I wasn't maybe not jumping around as much and maybe mm-hmm. staying in, in a one company or a similar company to kind of stay there and to, to help me excel in my career and, you know, kind of move up the ladder. Whereas mm-hmm. I kind of jumped out jumped around a little bit, but perhaps it was more, you know, having those, um, opportunities or opportunities to learn about the different uh, professions. I mean, uh, you know, 
seeing it now, you know, retrospectively, you know, I, I'm able to, I'm aware of so many different professions in the pharmacy world. And um, those students who are in the pharmacy now, there's, you know, it's nice as there's a lot of um, resources for them to, um, to find out what options are available. And let's back, go back into networking. I, we've sort of said this word a couple times in both interviews. What really goes into networking? I think um, I think part of it is understanding what you're looking for uh, personally. So if I'm a student or if I'm uh, in college, understanding do I want to find out more about what a pharmacist does, or do I? I'm you know I'm interested in pharmacy, but I want to see, know about the different career paths. That's part one. So understanding what you want to do, and the second part is I think then seeking out um, seeking out individuals that may be able to help answer your questions and provide some guidance. So mm-hmm. that could mean leveraging your parents and who they know, leveraging members in your community, um, uh, leveraging social media like LinkedIn, for example. You know, mm-hmm. Are there ways that you can, and also um, uh, you mentor a program, are there ways through these different avenues and channels mm-hmm. that you, uh, the individual can find other things out? Um, I know that even recently in our communities, uh, I live in Pennsylvania, but in New Jersey, there was um, a networking, um, there was a career fair type thing where there was different talks and different career paths, as well as uh, ways to network uh, within our community, which was great, mm-hmm. I thought. And, and I think you uh, you mentor, this is a great platform as well for being able to help um, others in our community. And we have a question from the audience, actually. Um, it says, given the advanced science degree requirement, would this be a path that a foreign pharmacy grad could take without having to restart their education here in the States or in Canada or anywhere else? Yeah, that's a, that's a good question. I think if the, if I think as a foreign pharmacist, it could be a few things. I think if they're looking to uh, become a registered pharmacist. There are, are many different requirements to get specific hours of practical experience to then reciprocate the degree. So I think it might be longer and a little bit more arduous task uh, path. However, um, being having an advanced science degree already, uh, be it foreign or yeah, be, if so, you're saying foreign degree. I think being able to leverage that. So is there experiences that they can bring? I, I've seen, um, I've seen people that have. Um, some foreign degrees, I mean, you know, equivalent to pharmacy degree or what have you, but able to do medical writing because at the end of the day, they have that science degree, they had that, that science background, they're able to then um, review, digest, and write, for example. So that might be one pathway uh, because a lot of these paths don't require a pharmacy license. Remember, pharmacy license is separate than a pharmacy degree. You, you still need a pharmacy degree to get a license. Uh, but not not many of these settings or professions necessarily require a pharmacy license. Okay. Well, Arif, thank you so much for giving us your time and your energy. Yeah, I appreciate the opportunity. Um, is there anything else you wanted to bring up before we end? Yeah, I think I just wanted to piggyback on what Zainab was saying about uh, mm-hmm. the religious aspect. And we talked about networking and we, we, we spoke briefly about the religious aspect. I think, um, I think communication about, not communication, but I think um, if there's opportunities to teach your peers about um, their religion based, I mean, in this, so, in this um, 
this current social environment about what is shown in the media and being able to portray because at the end of the day uh, people see you as a person and you know you're you're judged on your mm-hmm. um your character but then you know if there's ways to um incorporate religion for example if you're requesting time off for example um you know for Eid or Ashura perhaps mm-hmm. providing a short paragraph as to this is the rationale or this is the reason why I'm doing it or I mean but what I'm fortunate in my settings they're very um open to um I mean there's no question about religion there's no I don't get any pushback in terms of because a lot of a lot of a lot of the large pharmaceutical companies are open to diversity so that's not really an issue but if if there's a way to link islam to um link islam to your um character because mm-hmm. at the end you're being viewed as you know your individual and you you're, you're being judged on your character and how you work is there and then a second and also you're you're also a muslim so mm-hmm. is there a way to kind of link that all together i guess it's hard to kind of communicate what i'm trying to say but it's you know it's the char- the elements of your character your personality in islam together to show that you know you're you're just one of these your your fellow colleagues mm-hmm. you just happen to be muslim so sort of what i think what you're trying to get at is that we aren't um our religion isn't at the forefront of the job that we're what of that we're doing our religion is it is within you but it's not uh visible to others as much as it would for in your case um in Zainab's case it's a different story i think Right. No, I agree. So it's not at the forefront. Mm-hmm. However, it helps shape the character and the person exactly. you are. Yeah. Exactly. I guess that's what I was trying to say. <laughs> <laughs> of course. Okay. Well, thank you so much for talking to us today. Great. And I, I appreciate the time. And, you know, I hope um, those who are listening will be able to, you know, leverage their networks and ask those questions that will help guide mm-hmm. their careers and, and, and the successful outcomes. Well, they can always reach out to both of you. Great. Thank you. And thank you to everyone for listening to the show. If you want to learn more about the speakers um, from today, please visit the UMentor website or click on the online platform to connect directly with them or even connect with any of the speakers from our past talk shows, which you can hear uh, recorded on the website.